right now uh, I'm talking to a good friend, uh, one of my first roommates in college, and also best friend Maceo Brown. Um, you know, we've been we've been rocking it for a while. Um, I really uh, I wanted to create this podcast just for like self discovery purposes. I feel like um, if you really want to understand yourself. Uh, just kind of seeing the perspective of yourself through your friends is uh, just a, a different, you know, you really, since they are in your circle, they they see your mannerisms and things that you do that you may not even think about. So, you know, I, uh, why not Maceo Brown, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, that's, that's primary why, you know, I started this whole, you know, podcast enlighten me you know like if anything enlighten me you know um i like it (laughs) appreciate it um so you know you know i know you grew up you grew up in uh california well you were born (laughs) in california but uh you know just i just want to kind of talk about your upbringing you know kind of you know your mother being in the armed forces and stuff like that so did that yeah. have any implication on where you guys were moving to and stuff like that? Oh yeah, definitely. She and, um, we're always moving around to different bases. So I was born in California and lived in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, then over to Atlanta. And then I went up to boarding school in North Carolina, then back down to Atlanta for Oglethorpe. That's where I met boy, uh, Mr. Strickland. And then um, now I'm in New Orleans now, Tulane, but soon I'll be in Texas. But Half of that came from uh, mom being in the armed forces and moving around. So she definitely had an impact on where we were living. Okay, okay. Um, if anything, like I know with boarding school, it's kind of like there's there's I guess there's someone would say there's like a negative connotation, like oh you know you must have been bad or something. But like in terms of that, you know you know I know through our conversation. Um, I know that it was probably one of the best places for you. I mean, you went to one of the one of the best boarding schools in in the United States, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, it's moving up in the rankings. Like if you search it there, uh, top of a bunch of people's lists, I think it's like top ten now. But uh, I wasn't really thinking about that when I was thirteen. Um, yeah, no, there's a big big stigma around boarding school because it's always in movies about you know I'm a senior to boarding school when you do something bad. But uh, for me, it was all about academics because the, the school I would have went to uh, in South Atlanta, the the young black men weren't turning out to it, no matter how smart you were, no matter how much your parents might have wanted you to not go down a certain path. Uh, it was kind of like hit or miss whether you would have ended up uh, succeeding. So my mom was like, she had to pull me out of that situation and try to set me on the right path. And so I went to boarding school. Okay. Uh, like, so how has that impacted your in- independence? Uh, a ton and I didn't really notice it until I probably got to college because when you're there you kind of have to be a self-starter whether whether it's homework or doing your own laundry or when you're going to eat or when you're going to go to the gym Um, there's a certain amount of structure for sure because we're just high schoolers or we were just high schoolers Uh, but after a certain point you just have to do the things yourself if you want to succeed college applications all that kind of stuff too um, there's a big support system, but you kind of have to be your own self-starter. So by the time I got to college, I would be doing things on my own and like ready to do it, like whether it be in a group if somebody want to do it together or on my own. Uh, and I didn't really think about it too much until I realized other people might have needed um, a little nudge, maybe from parents or from a counselor, or from a teacher, 
Uh, and I kind of had that four or five years before, so it really helped a lot. Okay. Um, like, are you ever afraid? Like, I know you're, you're a big traveler and stuff like that. Um, like, are you ever afraid of, like, traveling alone when you do travel, you know? Um, like, you go into a lot of places by yourself. Do you ever feel like, uh, like, did being away from friends help you become more comfortable, I would say? Uh, it, it was kind of like a learning process. So boarding school is probably definitely the first one because you're away from your old friends and your, and your family and stuff like that. And when you're 13, that's kind of difficult. Um, but then you go to college and you kind of do it again. Um, then I started abroad in college. So that first, you kind of think to yourself, like, okay, I'm going abroad. There'll be other students. I'll probably make friends. Um, but you never really know. And so then when that happens, you make good friends, you make good memories. You're like, okay, I could probably do this. Um, then I moved to New Orleans, and that was another instance where it was kind of like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. And so the more times you kind of go into a new environment uh, and try to, you know, make your own memories, make some good friends and, and all that kind of stuff, and you succeed, you kind of get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, recently, I was traveling over in Southeast Asia and East Asia, and there were times when I traveled alone. Um, I definitely went to places that were probably uh, more developed when I was doing a solo travel. But I definitely hesitated a little bit less because the experiences I had, whether through boarding school or studying abroad in undergrad or moving to New Orleans by myself. So mm-hmm. all of these experiences definitely helped because it's, I mean, no matter how many times you do it, it's kind of nerve-wracking because you never know what's going to happen. But um, I guess I've done it enough times now to where I feel fairly comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where had, like, so I know you went, you know, Southeast Asia, basically. Um, where else? Where else have you gone? Like, if you just so I, uh, you mean like all, all over the world, like all the yeah. different countries? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in Europe, I did uh, Spain, Portugal, England, France, Germany, uh, Italy, mm-hmm. and then uh, in Asia, I was in Hong Kong. So I did China, Japan, South Korea, Macau, um, Indonesia, Malaysia, Japan. Philippines, I'm forgetting some places I knew it, but there were places I didn't get to hit because of, you know, not having enough money, not having enough time, mm-hmm. but, you know, some of those trips in Asia were, were solo, and some of them were with friends, but you kind of have to go for the experiences when you have the opportunity, and that's what I definitely try to do while I was over there. Okay. Like, how do you cope with loneliness? Like, I mean, you're alone a lot of the time when you go on these trips, like, how do you cope with that? You just try to do you try to fulfill it just fulfill it with the experience just you know like basically fuck it or is it like <laughs> you know yeah no that's a good question it's kind of um so when you're doing the solo traveling a lot of times like i said i would do it in more developed places so there's usually like more things to do so i did uh kyoto alone but i had friends in um, tokyo mm-hmm. or um i went to certain countries where i had friends in like a different location so i had a friend in uh, Bangkok, but I could do Chiang Mai like by myself. Um, and when you do that, you're definitely going more for the experiences and definitely the things you want to do. So the benefit is that if you want to go to a museum or you want to go to uh, some kind of show or you want to go see a temple or any any kind of exhibit or anything like that, that's kind of like culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that, and it's exactly what you want to do, when you want to wake up, when you want to leave, what you want to eat. Um, but the con, I guess, is that you don't have you know somebody else to experience it there with you. 
and somebody else, just an extra set of eyes, because when they go into a new country, uh, a lot of times you might not speak the language, and you'll be like, I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. These people looking at me like I'm crazy, especially as you know, a black person in Asia. Um, and then you're like, oh, where's the exit? Where's the bathroom? Where's this restaurant? Where's this train exit? So just having some another set of eyes to kind of like do that kind of stuff with would definitely make it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're by yourself, you definitely fill your days with the things you want to do. And then the things you don't want to do, like say, I know a lot of times when you travel, you see that there's very Instagram heavy destinations you could go to. Um, but you kind of have to have that conversation with yourself. Like, do I really want to go to this spot just to take a picture? Uh, well, it's really not something I want to do. And then more often than not, you be like, nah, I, I don't want to do that. And so you don't. It's just kind of like whatever you want to do. Um, and that's kind of like liberating. But, you know, obviously sometimes you want to experience those with other people too. Okay. Um, how do you feel that you have changed since, like, you know, especially going to Southeast Asia or South, you know, like how, how do you feel like you've changed? Like, if anything, you know, from... Um, I definitely think there's more of an, uh, um, there's like, there's kind of two experiences you can, you can see a lot when you um, go to Asia, like Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. There's very developed places, you know, like your South Korea's, your Singapore's, your Japan's. Um, and there's kind of places that are developing, um, you know, like the Philippines or like uh, Thailand or Vietnam. Uh, I went to Vietnam, I'm like Cambodia too, I told you I forgot places. <laughs> and so you kind of see um, how the other side of the world lives. And so you kind of, take less things for granted. Um, I know a lot of people who say they, they find it difficult to travel to places like India because you never see poverty like that anywhere else in the world, maybe um, in Africa or something like that. But you just never see that kind of stuff and you kind of realize there's a whole gigantic world out there and you're living a totally different one in the U.S. So um, you, you start to take stuff like that uh, and, and gain a bigger perspective on things. But I feel like I changed... Um, I'm probably being more relaxed. Like a lot of places over there are really fast paced, and sometimes it feels like people are moving fast, but you don't know why they're moving fast. Like the way people run to get on a train when there's another one coming in two minutes and stuff like that. Uh, there's they're always staring at their phones. Like when I was over in Hong Kong, I didn't even have like a SIM card uh, because I realized it was kind of comfortable to not um, be looking at my phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times when you're over there, you see people are glued to their phones more so than even Americans are. Uh, so stuff like that where you're like, I need to take a step back and take a deep breath and appreciate the things around me and slow down a little bit a little bit and chill and all that kind of stuff. And take my American lifestyle and appreciate a little bit more because we do have our pros over here, even though there's some crazy stuff going on in the world. We have some good things going over here too. So, <laughs> um, Would you recommend like study abroad or just traveling? Like, you know... Because a lot of people, they get so, like, centrally located that they just won't, it's, they get comfortable in their setting, you know. And so, what would you say to a person who's looking to, you know, expand those horizons and stuff like that? Oh, I would definitely suggest it. Um, when I did it this past semester, it was the second time, um, like I mentioned before. But I would suggest that, I mean, there were protests going on in Hong Kong, and I would still suggest it. Um, so it was kind of a historical time to be there. Uh, I think part of it is that it just, you know, your experiences are wide and your perspective wide, you see the way different people live all over the world. Um, and it just makes you hesitate a little bit more. Um, a lot of times, everybody gives like hot takes nowadays. You got to get your first take out, you got to get your hot take, you got to get your opinion out there. Um, but the more experiences you have, whether that's at home in the different cities and the different um, 
kind of regions we have in the U.S. So whether you travel to the West Coast, East Coast, and the South, the Midwest, um, you travel to like Central and South America and Asia and Europe, you just like hesitate a little bit more before you throw out your hot take mm-hmm. because you know your experience isn't the only one. Um, and that just adds to, you know, your, your thinking. Um, so I think it's a big benefit for anybody because the more you travel, um, the wider your mind is going to be and the more open you're going to be to new experiences that might come along. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a huge benefit to anybody that would be interested in doing it. Um, do you feel like you had to sacrifice certain things to explore the world? So that could range from friendships, opportunities, um, you know. Oh, well, I, I probably sacrificed some things um, like both times because last time I did it, uh, it was towards the end of undergrad. So I missed those experiences with friends. Um, Out of all the places that you've ever traveled to, what is like your favorite, most treasured place? But, uh, <laughs> my most treasured place. Um, the most treasured places are probably because of uh, the the experience I had while I was there, not necessarily like the country themselves. Um, so, and there's like two different there's two different like experiences. So one is like developed, and then one is like developing. That's usually how I explain uh, to people that are, like trying to ask me like, what's my favorite place? Because like in the developed world, probably I went to Oktoberfest in Germany. And that was just like a great, it was a ton of fun. I was there for like four days. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the best experiences I've, I've ever had. And you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to have the time to go back again. So it was definitely something I always look back on and, and have a huge smile on my face because it was just so much fun. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I like Germany more than I like Spain or something like that or Japan. Mm-hmm. And then developing was probably Bali because I don't know, you kind of live. Uh, you live really well for not a lot of money over there, mm-hmm. and every kind of villa or apartment or like many people have probably seen on Instagram and stuff like or Facebook, it's like everything just kind of looks like it's in paradise. Uh, and it's, it's really true. Like when you're over there, like you'll just have a place and it could be just like off the beaten path, and it just looks like it's paradise because it's in the middle of the jungle. And then you hop on the back of a scooter that costs 80 cents, and you go to the beach. And you're just on this magnificent beach with a beautiful sunset, like sitting in infinity pool, which costs, you know, $10. And you're, uh, you're just living your best life for not a lot of money. Um, the most expensive part about Bali is the flight to get there, unfortunately. But it's a, it was definitely a great experience, experience, but it was like totally different from, say, like being in Japan or South Korea where everything's super developed and you're in a metropolis. Uh, it was more like paradise, relaxing, and you're kind of in a developing country. Whereas some of those other developed places, uh, you have a good time, but in a different kind of way. Like just experiencing their culture, like uh, juiced up or something like that. <laughs> okay, I gotta check it out. Um, well, thank you, Maceo. Um, man, I know you're heading into your final semester of law school. Um, so, oh, yeah. you know, congratulations, you know, ahead of time on that. You know, I look forward to being at your graduation and seeing you, you know, cross that stage. And, you know, I know you worked hard on, you know, getting to where you are. So I'm proud of you, bro. And, uh, Thank you. Know, May 16th, coming soon. May 16th, I'll be there, man. Front and center. Or no problem. It was, it was good talking to you. You too, Macy O'Brien, man. I appreciate it, and uh, thank you again for being on my podcast. You know, more and more to come. <laughs> <laughs>
For sure. I can't wait to interview you about your uh, your discovery and how you came to be where you are. Cause that's that's not a short story either. <laughs> no, no, no. And, you know, we all have a journey, and um, you know, we all just trying to be successful in this life. I think we call it. Oh yeah. Trying to get like you, Mr. Stricker. <laughs>